0: I want to welcome my guest, Ed Bau. Are you there, Ed? I'm here. Okay, Ed, really glad to have you aboard. I'm going to jump right in and talk to you about your position as the Director of Pro Bono and Financial Literacy Programs for the association. Why don't you uh, just tell us a little bit about your role and tell us a little bit about the programs that you oversee, and then we'll talk about each of those programs in more detail.
1: So my role right now is the director of the Pro Bono and Financial Literacy Committee. I started out as a committee member, and then I was uh, asked if I wouldn't mind taking on the directorship, which I did. Um, And basically what we're trying to do is get programs together for our membership to be able to do volunteer work, whether it's in the Pro Bono arena or doing some financial literacy work. so, I found myself in in the in the role, and I felt like we could be doing some more programs and getting something more on the calendar of a steady type calendar and that's been my focus for the last couple of years um we've we've got have a couple associations with some uh community-based, uh, organizations. And, uh, you know, we're looking to expand on that going out into the future and it's been very successful. And, uh, I think we can, we can do a lot more and, and really help the public and, and, and people that need, you know, maybe that they, they feel like they can't go see a certified financial planner for whatever reason. Uh, maybe they don't think they have enough assets or, you know, don't have the the funding to be, you know, pay a fee or such. So I, I think getting out there and talking to folks and just giving them uh, really good information to go on is always
0: important. So Okay. Yeah. That sounds uh, very admirable. Give me an idea. What are some of the specific programs? I know you, um, I'm familiar with the, Uh, federal corrections department. I know you've done done some work Uh, in that regard. I've heard of that program. Tell me a little bit more about that.
1: So we got involved with the federal corrections uh, department out of Newark uh, about three or four years ago. We started the conversation and they actually came to us and and said they would really like to offer some sort of financial counseling for their... uh, their clients and their clients are basically individuals coming out of being incarcerated and basically on parole. Um, So we decided uh, to put together a five night workshop uh, for them. And we started that. This will be our third year doing it. And we do it one, we do one a week for five consecutive uh, weeks and the last uh the the fifth night is generally a one on one type uh environment where they actually get to sit down and talk with a certified financial planner and maybe get maybe get into some more specifics of of their situations um and i beyond with you it was I thought it was really successful the our contacts over there um Have been very excited about it. Actually, they have had some of their bosses come down, the higher level individuals, to actually observe the class, and uh, and we've got very good feedback. And of course, the the participants have given us very good feedback. Um, So, and we actually had five individuals come back from the first class. To the second class to participate some more and and to give you some perspective, we probably have around twenty or so individuals that have participated in both each, each year so far um, so it's and and their questions are actually very good and and they're very engaging and uh, so it's been a lot of fun
0: and are these uh, prisoners that have done serious crimes or are they more you know, uh, white collar, no, I don't want to say white collar, but are there, what are the types of, uh, prisoners that you're working with? Do you, or do you have any idea what their, you know, their history is, their criminal history? Uh, you no, know, I don't,
1: we don't ask too many questions about that, but <laughs> you know, it comes, it comes up in conversation. Um, I don't think we're dealing with really high level crimes, meaning, you know, maybe they really injured somebody or some, um, but, there's some there there have been some individuals I guess that have gone in for maybe some drug charges and and some of them uh I think spent a significant amount of time and this I think that was due in part because the the laws back in the nineties were very, very um very very strict, and you know, yeah. not my place to judge whether it's right or wrong or anything like that. It just it, you know, I think we had one person that had over t- had been incarcerated for over twenty years, and uh, you know, it was on a on a drug charge. I don't think uh, I don't think he was some huge huge dealer per se or some you know <laughs> a drug kingpin or something. You know, uh, I don't want to make light of it, but uh, you know he. Uh, and you know he's he's been very engaging. He started his own business. I was really you know been I'm very impressed with him. So
0: sure. And are these um, basically you're educating them uh, on budgets and very simple financial matters, or do you get into anything more extensive, like you know really actually investing funds, or is it really just elementary basics? That you're teaching them, we we actually walk them through. It's about I think it's about five sections. It's
1: we talk about cash flow, we talk about budgeting, we get into even you know what is a bank account. So I wouldn't say it's high level um, information or complex information, but I can tell you this: that whether I'm talking to them or I'm even talking to some of my clients, it's all the foundational information that everybody should be, you know, aware of. And sometimes it gets lost. It gets lost without all the, you know, especially, you know, with the information coming out of different sources, the many different sources nowadays, it gets jumbled up. And, um, you know, so with them, we are, we do talk about, um, we talk about company benefits. We talk about, we get into some of you know, some life insurance, uh, we get into how to, your know, credit report, cre- you know, how to read a credit report. Um, why is this, you know, what? why is a credit rating so important? So all these little things, you know, we don't get it. There's sometimes I get some tax questions and that could be a whole two classes in itself I've dedicated to that. So I try to stay away from too much complexity. I, li- I want to get into the basics and really get them working towards, and I even do goal setting with them. Um, so... Yeah it's it's really the same type of discussion I have with clients. It's just maybe on a different level, but it's still a basic foundation. i And I find that constantly that whether I'm talking to let's say these individuals or even a high net worth person, um it's kind of the same conversation, maybe just structured a little differently,
0: you know, sure. And you know, people take it for granted that. Everybody knows about you know a bank account, a checking account, how to balance a checkbook and you know how to do savings plans and uh, credit reports. but there are so many people that really you know given their upbringing have never had that handholding and have never been taught that growing up in a household and you may very well be the first person that's actually educating them on these concepts and these subjects that when they get out they're going to need these basic um, you know, uh, tenants of financial planning and, and getting their life back in order and getting back on their feet. So it gives them, uh, a, you know, just at least a a way to get started. You know, it's like crawl, walk, run, at least you're getting them to crawl and walk before they get out of there so that they don't get out feeling, you know, overwhelmed because it's, incredibly difficult right to be in prison not that I know from first hand experience but anybody who's been taken out of society for an extended period of time is going to have a lot of hurdles getting back into it so it's a great thing And one of the know.
1: things that I find with some of these individuals too is because they get incarcerated that cr- the credit side to this the credit report the credit the score kind of can get decimated really quick because maybe somebody's not taking care of their bills and they went in and, you know, all of a sudden that snowballs on them. So how, how do you repair that? How do you get it back on track? You know, so they can go out and potentially, you know, end up, you know, getting some credit or getting a loan like this individual who is, you know, funny, he, uh, you know, he started a, a, a kitchen remodeling and window business and he, he said, you know, when he first started, they gave him a line of credit, and of course, the interest rate was pretty high. And all of a sudden, after about a year or so, they came back to him and they they wanted to expand his line of credit and lower his interest rate. And he looked at me, and and it was funny. He was uh, he was very suspect of it. You can imagine are like, wait, why are they doing this nice thing for me? You know, or but they you know they're trying to create a relationship with him. But um, it's funny also in respect to the cash flow and budgeting. Even people that have been exposed to you know some of these concepts. I can't tell you how many times I'll have somebody come in and, you know, they're spending more than uh, that's coming into the household, you know? And um, so even, you know, people that have been maybe familiar with these topics are still breaking you know, some fundamental rules and how you should be structuring stuff. So it's all relative.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, just think about it. most people walk around with a substantial amount of credit card debt and most people are gainfully employed and making a lot more money than somebody in prison, yeah. right? And yet they're, they're walking around, you know, in yep. the red. Um, all right. So let's talk to uh, what's one of the other programs that you do besides the Federal Corrections Department work. What else in the uh, pro bono? So-
1: one of the things that uh, one of the programs we we were able to start up last year was um, the Habitat for Humanity in Monmouth County. Uh, Created, you know, got in touch with them through another member of the of our association and asked if we could come in and talk to those folks. And so this was an easy um, kind of add-in because using the same information that we had for the. The corrections department program. We just kind of condensed it and focused on a couple of small parts of it, more cash flow and debt, and just managing because you know people that are getting new homes, you know, in the, in these situations now have some new expenses and and how do you handle that, right? You know, I mean, um, even for example, when I have clients that you know, there maybe they're stepping up to a bigger home. You know, they forget that sometimes, you know, the expenses are going to be bigger and, and, you know, things get overall just increase and you have to be careful with that because, you know, you were maybe saving so much money before that and then these added expenses and now you're not saving and you used a lot of your savings maybe to purchase a home. So you're, you're, you're kind of, again, violating some, some kind of rules and and guidelines that I like to put in place. So with Habitat for Humanity, we we were able to come in, sit down with a, a small group of, of some of their newer homeowners and go over again, those foundational concepts of cash flow budgeting, how to handle debt, and, uh, you know, and they were very happy with it. And I'm actually in the process of setting that up for the next uh, later this month, uh, you know, in February right now. So it was it was great. And I'd like to, you know, we, we got that uh, relationship going in Monmouth County. I'd like to expand it to other counties now in, in uh, New Jersey. So that's uh, maybe one of our goals for this year is to maybe do some of those in the fall with some other counties.
0: So. And how would you go about expanding it? Just trying to solicit more volunteers from the financial planning association to branch out. Is that what's needed to do that?
1: Uh, you know what? It, it's more about getting, uh, you know, so I have the relationship with the specifically the Monmouth County board. Now I need to reach out and to other chapters of Habitat for Humanity and say, Hey, this is what we're doing over here. They find it, you know, really rewarding for their, for their clientele. Um, you know, and if you'd like to call them, here's their number and just get things on, you know, get a relationship going with these these different chapters. And that way we can go out to our membership and say, hey, you know, up in Morris County, we could use a few volunteers to go do this program. And I'm, and the program would be pretty set already. I already have all the material. Everything's kind of just plug and play just, and members are always looking f- to to do volunteer work. And that's one of the Seems to be the common thread when you talk to a lot of the 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 certified financial planners is that when you survey them, they say, "I really want to do pro bono work." They do want to give back to the community. So, as my as my director, my role as a director is is, "Hey, how can how can I provide different programs so they can volunteer?" So. It's so it's it's a challenge, but getting that relationship with some of the other counties, uh, you know, and that are willing to do it is is really how I move forward with it.
0: Any other programs besides those two that you're uh, managing or trying to grow? There,
1: well, there's one that we always uh, that that's always been around. It's called Junior Achievement, um, and it's basically a program. I believe it's it's located in Edison, New Jersey. I know it's Middlesex County, um, and they bring in high school students. For basically a half-day program, and we usually volunteer to help uh, give them some information. And the reason why they they would like to have a, you know a planner or advisor around is the kids have to go through a program where they get a a fictitious profile where they let's say they're married or not married with kids, and they they're making a certain amount of income, maybe the uh, husband or wife is a, it's a dual income family. So they have that income level to look at and they have to make decisions on where to live, um, how they you know, their transportation needs and not only how they're going to get to work, but if they, if they decide they're going to buy a car, they have to insure the car. So they have to go, they have to go research how much that's going to cost. So they have these little kiosks over there to kind of, do research banking research insurance research whether it's life insurance maybe or you know the, the property and casualty like the the homeowners insurance and they have to come up with a budget and they do this all on an electronic pad um and they they have you know so they ask us they start asking questions and of course being younger younger, younger adults their some of the questions can be pretty funny but i i find it pretty <laughs> rewarding when i do it um just to see that you know see how their thought process is and I know if I had that that program when I was that age, I I probably would have been better off. You know, it took a while.
0: That's exactly <laughs> that's exactly what I was just thinking to myself. Man, I wish somebody came around in my high school and gave me some type of an education when it came to financial uh, budgeting and investing and all that other stuff that you're talking about. Good practical advice that's really invaluable. They're going to really have a leg up on. Other kids we so have that program
1: we a bunch of dates uh, you know posted
0: on our website
1: and uh, members can go there and, and volunteer it's just really easy to do just have to dedicate almost you know pretty much a day because you have to go in the morning and you get done by about two or three o'clock so um, but the other one of the other programs that we have is and we've done this for a bunch of years uh, is with Mon- uh, Montclair Public Library and we April is financial literacy month and we usually do a financial planning day at the at the library and we spend about three hours or so there we put on uh well, two presentations usually one is usually in the general financial planning topic. And then we kind of uh, give an, another presentation and I kind of leave that up to the pre- presenter. We're going to give them a list of topics and what they would feel comfortable and what would they like to talk about at that time. So we do two of those and then we do sit downs uh, one-on-ones with uh, any of the participants, uh, you know, the, the attendees uh, to, you know, give them about 15, 20 minutes to kind of talk and ask some questions directly to a planner. And uh, you know, it's, it's good. Uh, we always have to be careful being, you can't give them too much. You can't get too specific with them because you only have 15 or 20 minutes. So, you know, if sure. they, um, you know, but it, we encourage them to go, Hey, go find, go find a financial planner in your area and, and go sit down and talk to them. And, you know, at least they get a taste for it and maybe they realize, you know what, I need to get, I need to do more of this or, or, you know, or I don't, but it at least gives them an experience sitting down with a CFP and, and having uh, you know, a little bit of one-on-one with
0: that. Yeah, it's great. That's great. Um, just out of curiosity, the age group of the people that usually show up for that in the public library, the older people, younger, mixed I wouldn't say it's younger. Um, I would
1: say it's probably, I, I would actually, yeah, probably about f- uh, 40 to 50 is probably the average that show shows up. Had a few younger, you know, a few older, but that's probably a good mean is that 40 to
0: 50-year-old range. Makes sense. So let me ask you this, uh, Ed. Uh, how long have you been a member of the Financial Planning Association? Um, I think it's about eight
1: years. Um, it's what I, I when i got my cfp i um i immediately joined the the uh, financial planning association as as the as the association for our our i would call it profession um so and, and you know when i really when i when i i did it because that was our association that's how you know how i kind of learned about it but as now that i become more involved with it i i see that you know the association does a lot of good for, for its members. We try to, Um, you know, obviously we provide, we try to provide them the the volunteer uh, opportunities, but you know, and there's always the continuing education part where we can do that. And and we have two conferences every year. Um, And there's, there's also discounts that you can get for being a member, uh, whether it's helping run your practice or there's even, disability insurance and life insurance that you can get at discounted rates and all this stuff. It, but I really find that sitting down, like when we go to the conferences and, and networking with other like-minded individuals is pretty, uh, it's, it's invaluable. You know, I start getting perspectives from maybe some of the older advisors than me. And then there's now the younger advisors. And, um, and I think that collaboration is the main reason why I'm a member. Now it's, you know, there's, there's different things that I get out of it besides obviously the volunteer aspect, but there's just things all over. If you really want to get involved um, there's, there's a lot of avenues. There's a next gen, you know, committee, there's a, now we have a women's group committee. Um, So, you know, there's different things and, and different ways to get involved. And I think it's really important as a practitioner to do that.
0: Yeah, actually, that was an excellent commercial for joining the uh, Financial Planning Association, even though that's not why I asked you the question, but you really just made it right into a really great commercial for it. So uh, I think anybody listening who's thinking about joining, there's your reasons why right there. I want to turn now to the home stretch end of this interview and go to what I call the speed round. So I've got a couple. Of and by the way, Larry, I wasn't paid for that. Right, I'm not a paid speaker.
1: <laughs> that
0: right, that was completely uh, unsolicited pro bono commercial there. Right. Um, and, and yeah, which is apropos for your position. Um, so going into the home stretch, got a couple of quick questions. Very brief answers. Uh, let me ask you the first one. What's your most important factor that you consider to successful long term financial planning for your clients? Most important factor. It's a good question.
1: Um, I could, one of the most important factors is is having a strategy. Okay. We We all have a financial plan, whether we think we do or not. Anytime we make a decision on spending a dollar you know allocating a dollar somewhere whether it's at starbucks or dunkin donuts or you know putting it into my investment account or you know you need a strategy and there's so many components that happen within that strategy um that every one of those decisions have to be coordinated and integrated when you make them if you're doing it's It's a macro level when you're talking about strategy. It's not a micro level. Uh, You get into the micro once you kind of establish the macro strategy. Uh, And I think a lot of people, you know, when they go about making decisions in their in their lives, go at it from a micro level, and there's a disconnect that ends up happening, and they don't even realize it. It creates all these financial. I like to call them leaks. And you know, if you have a really good financial coach you find a really good financial coach that can work with you, their job is to put, you know, as a, as a planner, my job is to look for risks and put my finger in all those leaks and, and ensure and up your plan. So I think that's, you know, it's a long answer and I apologize, but it's having a, you know, really getting into the strategy of what you're trying to do and trying to work with somebody that can really get you down the road to your, sure. you know, your goals. So,
0: All right. And my next question is, uh, do you have a favorite financial book or resource that you would recommend to people?
1: Uh, This is going to be a shameless plug. Um, (laughs) There's a book that's on my website that you can go and get it for free. It's called the five ways your wealth is under attack. And it kind of circles back to my first answer. And it talks about, there's all these, these economic factors that, that you have to understand to have a really good financial plan and nobody's talking about them. So, you know, I would, I'm going to, I'm going to shamelessly plug the book that we have on our website. Sure. And, is
0: uh, that a, a ebook or is that a regular published? Book? No, it's
1: a, it's a, it's a hard copy. Um You just have to give us, you know, an email address and, and, and an, e- and an address and we'll send it out to you. It's great. free. That's, it's free of charge.
0: Oh, that's great. All right. What about our favorite inspirational or motivational quote?
1: Larry, you know me a little bit now. Um, from conversations that we've had. And I, I, the one that's been creeping into my life consistently lately is um, you can change the changeable, accept the unchangeable, reject the unacceptable. And then, And that's the one that's been really echoing around me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think I think I have goosebumps, man. (laughs) Very nice. All right, Ed. And lastly, uh, for people listening, um, what is the best way for anyone to reach you? I would definitely direct you to my
1: website. It's uh, www.smallwoodwealth.com. You definitely can go to my website.
0: Great. And that's what we'll do. And again, that was um, Smallwood, all one word, right? S-M-A-L-L-W-O-O-O-D, advisors.com, correct? Oh, well, you can go to Smallwood Wealth. Wealth. Oh, I knew that. Yeah. (laughs) Smallwood Wealth. I think I'll have to edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Ed, listen, thanks so much for uh, taking the time to share with us what you've been doing for the Financial Planning Association. Thank you. I appreciate it, Larry, and I hope everybody enjoyed the podcast.